You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan here on the 13th day of April 2021. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking two questions. One, why is James coming out with another podcast episode, episode number 399, Few, just a few days after releasing episode 398 on Science Says, the voluminously detailed report on the philosophy of science and the nature of the scientific crisis that we find ourselves in. And secondarily, you're asking, why is he recording outside this dilapidated old building? Well, I'm sure the real hardcore of the hardcore corporate reporters out there will know that this is a dilapidated old apartment building with some special resonance. Namely, 14 years ago, at this very time, I was busily designing and getting operational my website that I was about to launch in June of 2007 with episode one of the Corbett Report podcast, Investigate 9-11. So I was doing all the preparatory work for that at this time 14 years ago. And it was also at that time that I was planning, thinking, this is just going to be a podcast. The Corbett Report website is going to be the website for my podcast, and every episode will be posted there in the show notes. And that was it. And that plan changed extremely quickly, as you may or may not know. Within the first couple of months of having the website and launching the podcast, I was doing interviews, I was writing articles, I was making videos, because, hey, it's the internet age. This is what you do. So that's quite quickly what the Corbett Report evolved into and became perhaps what you know it as now. And if you do know it, it is very likely you know it because of YouTube. Of course, that's how a lot of people have become introduced to my work. Um, Perhaps a friend sending you a link uh, somewhere along the way to this guy in Japan who's got this podcast, you should give it a check it out sometime. And they might have sent you a YouTube link to a documentary or or to a report that I did. And if so, that's because I made the conscious decision around, I don't remember, June, July, August, maybe, of 2007. Oh, I better start doing videos. And where do you put videos online? Oh, this YouTube thing. So you will remember this apartment because I have shown it a couple of times so far. And it is literally that room with the the laundry hanging outside (laughs) is literally the room where I sat there creating the website. And uh, everything that came came from this room. And it was also in this room that I signed up for a YouTube account. And that was, that in itself was something of a momentous moment for me because no, not only had I never thought about starting a website, starting a podcast, I certainly would never have signed up for something like YouTube. I would never have created an account, let alone actually uploaded stuff to there in any other conceivable circumstance, except that, oh, I've got this podcast. I want to share this information about the world. I'll start doing it on YouTube. So it was, it was it was definitely a conscious decision that I had to make. Well, I'm out there, I'm doing this, I'm putting myself out there, I might as well create a YouTube account because that's where everyone is these days and increasingly so. And you may or may not recall that time back in 2007, 
uh, it was still very much the Wild West of the Internet and the, very much the heyday of the rise of YouTube. It was starting to become a corporate behemoth, but it was still a little bit, still had that edge of being something new and something exciting at the time. Now, I have said in recent interviews that I, I thought, if I remember correctly, it was still actually YouTube at that time before being bought out by Google, but I stand corrected. It was October 2006 that Google paid over $1.5 billion dollars to acquire YouTube. But don't worry guys, we're not gonna take over YouTube. We're not gonna interfere with what you guys are doing. We're gonna let you continue to be you because we know that you are the guys that built this brand and you're the ones that are making this possible. So uh, we're just gonna be very hands off. We're not gonna Google up YouTube. <laughs> anyway, as I'm sure you know by now, on Friday night last week, I posted episode 398 of the Corporate Report podcast on Science Says to my YouTube channel sometime around 10 p.m.-ish Japanese Standard Time. Did some emails, went to bed, woke up the next morning with the notification from many, many, many people. And thank you for writing in, but yes, I did notice it. Hey, your YouTube channel's gone. <laughs> yes, the account associated with this video has been terminated by YouTube or whatever that standard stock message you get on all of my YouTube videos, at least on my main channel now, uh, says. And uh, do I really need to say that this is not a surprise? This is not something that took me off guard. This is not something I'm crying in a corner about. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> Absolutely not. I actually did get one email from someone to said, are you okay? <laughs> I saw your channel got taken down. Is that, are you all right over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still, still have all my limbs, still have my family, still, still exactly the same human being that I was a few days ago. I just don't have a main YouTube channel. I do. I believe at this point still have a backup channel, which I will still continue posting to. So I guess I'll still technically be on YouTube until they take that channel down. But if The Last American Vagabond is anything to go by, it will only be a few days <laughs> or a few weeks at most before they take that channel down. Whatever. I don't care. Um, I have long, long since mentally written off YouTube. And it's a point that I've made many, many times. Most recently in the article I just wrote on Mission Accomplished, the Corbett Report banned from YouTube, uh, I did make the point that not only have I made video after video after video after video after video after video, year after year after year, telling you that I was going to be banned from YouTube at some point. You are going to lose my voice. You have to find other ways to find this work if you want to continue to see it. Um, not only have I done that, but as far back as 2009, I was interviewing someone about YouTube alternative website veracity videos that that person was trying to start up at the time. The technology was not there for it at the time, but it was an attempt and I supported it and was telling people the need to diversify from just YouTube. So I, again, none of this is surprising and I am not approaching this with some victim mentality. Oh, poor me, boo-hoo. Please let me have my channel back on your controlled platform. Absolutely not. Really, the only surprising thing about any of this is that I was able to uncompromisingly, 100% say exactly what I wanted to say in exactly the way I wanted to say it for 14 years. And I built up 569,000 subscribers or whatever YouTube says I had, 90 plus million video views, over 1,700 videos. I am not in any way, shape or form, in any way regretful about what, what I did or the way I did it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Of course, I'm not 
not perfect and not, none of my work is perfect and oh exactly 100% right but I have no regrets about what I did or the way I did it and the fact that I did not ever once self-censor or compromise my message in order to be oh please allow me to remain on your platform I never did that and I never will I'll never grovel cap in hand uh, to allow me to please participate in your controlled centralized network absolutely not rubbish garbage so no regrets, and this is not a message of disempowerment, it's just a moment of reflection. Because you will forgive me a moment of reflection after 14 years, all m the vast majority of my adult life has been spent building up a platform, building up a viewership, um, not just on YouTube, but YouTube was a significant part of that. And uh, again, I don't know, I have no idea the way people approach this or their different walks of life or where they're from, but I guess growing up, just at the time that I did, I was acutely aware of how incredible a window of opportunity this was, this Web 2.0 era of the YouTubes and what have you, as an opportunity to get information out in a way that absolutely would not have been possible in any other era of human history. And I knew it was a window of opportunity that could close at any time, so I absolutely made the most of it. And I'm glad I did so. Um, again, I think the work speaks for itself. But I just wanted to reflect for a moment on the significance of the platform um, that I helped to build up, along with many, many other people, to be fair, but you, it's you, Tube, after all, right? So it was you and me and all of the regular people who made this platform into what it is, right? And I, I it's a thing that I talk about often, I've, I've said it many times, my origin story at the Corbett Report was uh, being here in this apartment, which came with the internet connection, so I suddenly had internet in my home for the first time in years, and as I always, I always say, and I, again, I don't know what other people and their experience, but my experience was, in that time between 2003 or whenever I last had internet in my home, in 2006 when I had it again, YouTube, Google Video, these sorts of things had popped up and truly changed the nature of the internet and what it was being used for in a way that I wanted to take advantage of at that particular time because of the information that I was finding. And uh, the obvious place to go was YouTube. And I'll remember specifically because I remember reading this magazine. <laughs> remember this one? Uh, time Person of the Year 2006 was you. That's right, you, you're the person of the year. Remember that? Not, not Hitler or any of the other people they've made person of the year. No, it was you, because it was the year of the rise of YouTube, 2006. So I remember this, not only this, this edition of Time, I remember this exact copy, which I just got out of the library, the exact same library where I got it 14 years ago and was reading about it at the time, trying to catch up on the, what, what exactly has happened in... The time that I was offline or not, not completely online, what's going on? What's, what's, the, what's all the buzz about? And I remember reading this and the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting time capsule. This, this magazine is such an interesting time capsule in so many different ways, some of the things that are in here. But anyway, um, I thought I would share some of the, the interesting insights uh, in this particular magazine about the nature of the web as it stood there in late 2006 and the types of things that were being written about it. <laughs> For example, um, this editorial from Richard Stengel, the managing editor 
um, talking about, you know, now it's your turn and why, why you are the person of the year. And uh, it goes on to say, there are a lot of people in my line of work who believe that this phenomenon, YouTube and the rise of you know, Web 2.0, is dangerous because it undermines the traditional authority of media institutions like Time. Some have called it an amateur hour, and it often is. But America was founded by amateurs. The framers were professional lawyers and military men and bankers, but they were amateur politicians, and that's the way they thought it should be. Thomas Paine was, in, in effect, the first blogger, and Ben Franklin was essentially loading his persona into the MySpace of the 18th century, poor Richard's almanac. The new media age of Web 2.0 is threatening only if you believe that an excess of democracy is the road to anarchy. I don't. <laughs> well, I, I, I have questions about the formulation of that sentence, but at least the spirit of what he's writing is kind of ironic. Fast forward 15 years, I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but I'm imagining Richard Stengel is one of these people fretting about, oh, these horrible people online speaking about philosophy of science. They must be censored. I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess Richard Stengel is behind what's going, or is in favor of what's going on right now. Um, so it's kind of ironic from that perspective. And some of the other rhetoric that they write in their, their piece here about why you are the person of the year, again, just sounds humorous in retrospect. In retrospect. For example, um, well, look at 2006 through a different lens and you'll see another story, one that isn't about conflict or great men. It's a story about community and collaboration on a scale never seen before. It's about the cosmic compendium of knowledge, Wikipedia, and the million channel people's network, YouTube, and the online metropolis MySpace. It's about the many wrestling power from the few and helping one another for nothing, and how that will not only change the world, but will also, but also change the way the world changes. Um, yeah, it has changed the world <laughs> the way the world changes, hasn't it? Um, again, it's such an interesting time capsule just reading this magazine from f 14, 15 years ago and reflecting on those many changes that have happened over those, the course of that decade and a half and how the Corporate Report was at least one, one of the outlets documenting some of those changes and helping to, helping to shape the discourse in some way around that. Obviously, no more. As I say, I still have a backup secondary YouTube channel, but if you're still watching this on YouTube or if you're relying on YouTube to tell me, to tell you when there are new Corbett Report videos, then it was nice knowing you. That's all I can say. Um, I, I have had people literally emailing me through my website to ask me, how do they find my work now? <laughs> it's like, if you're on my website contacting me <laughs> and you don't know how to see my work, then I don't, I don't know what to do. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't have one-on-one -on -one Skype calls with everyone and walk you through it. <laughs> okay, now here's how you click on a button. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I've done what I could and I have let people know that yes, of course, every single YouTube video on the main channel was backed up to library. The library network did that. They took it upon themselves. They backed up the entire YouTube channel, all 1,700 plus videos, all there. Um, every video since 2011 has been downloadable directly on my server. You can play it right there on the screen or you can download it to your hard drive and save it for later. Um, for the last five or six years, BitChute has been backing up the Corbett Report main channel and the Corbett Report Extras channel. For the last couple of years, I've been uploading to Minds and or archive.org and or DTube. But again, this vi these videos all exist. None of this has been lost. Um, but if you're only watching it on YouTube, it has been lost. And again, this is, a, this is a moment where we are stepping across the threshold into a new era 
of the internet. Obviously, that has been taking place for years now. Um, but obviously, for me, it particularly hits home at this moment in 2021, where, yes, of course, we are blazing a trail as we did 14, 15 plus years ago when everybody was congregating on these exciting new places like YouTube to try to blaze a trail and do something new. Well, yeah, look, in internet years, 14 years is, I don't know, 127 or something. That's a long time. That's, that's your granddaddy's internet. And people who are still stuck on that and who will never move over to try anything new or anything different, they're going to get lost. They're going to get lost along the way, which of course is exactly the point. So in the short run, the Peter J. Hoteses of the world and the others calling for censorship of the nuclear terrorists known as people who question their claims of authority um, are going to win in the short term, of course. I mean, the, obviously, I, my viewership will decrease drastically. Um, but, but, A, I've always felt that the Corbett Report viewership is probably too much. I mean, the, the core message that I'm saying is not a popular message, and I cannot believe it will ever be a mainstream message, and I cannot believe that the casual person who uh, hits that subscribe button so they can get a YouTube notification every now and then and maybe click on a video here and there, that's not the core audience that I'm trying to reach or that's going to make a difference in what I'm doing. It's the people who understand the importance of what I'm saying and who are already following me on other platforms or know how to follow me on other platforms at least are the ones that are the core target for audience for what, uh, the message that I'm attempting to deliver. And they're the ones that are going to make a difference in the long run. And the other people will follow as they did in the, back in the day. You, you weren't born with a YouTube account unless you were born in the last 15 years, I guess. But you weren't born with a YouTube account. No, you had to go and create one. Why did you create one? Because everyone else was creating one. Well... Again, it's, if everybody else is going to Odyssey or whatever, then the masses will follow eventually. And people will go where the actual interest is, more so than where their corporate overlords tell them to go or allow them to go, um, as long as they're able to. And that's going to be the fight for the freedom of the internet going forward. And it's going to involve cyber, cyber 9-11s, i-9-11s, and i-Patriot Act, and all of that that I've been through before. And it's going to be a topsy-turvy ride. And who knows what's going to come out on the other side. But I know I'm going to be here documenting it as long as I'm able to. And uh, I will be able to, regardless of whether or not YouTube allows me on their control platform. So we are moving into a, uh, a different era of the info war, the evolving battle. Um, which, as I've said over and over, is not an analogy, it's not a metaphor, it is stone-cold sober reality. We are in information warfare, we have been all of this time, know it or not, uh, your entire life, really. Um, and this is the next stage of that. Uh, there was a time when we were allowed to use enemy information systems in order to spread our message. Well, obviously that's not going to last, and I never thought it was going to last, and I never took it for granted, and I never will. Um, I. I really do feel I was blessed to grow up pre-internet, but then to be on, to be there as the internet was developing into what it was so that I could take advantage of it to the max, but never ever take it for granted and know exactly what it was I was doing and why I was doing it. So again, no regrets, no boo-hoo. This is not a, oh, poor me message. This is a, it was nice knowing you if you only follow me on YouTube. And for the rest of you, I'm glad you're here. And let's end on a bit of a positive, hopeful note because it was delightful for me to, to remark recently, and I haven't checked in the past couple of weeks, but it's probably still true, that on my backup channel, which is still there on YouTube, uh, I posted World War I Conspiracy uh, in its entirety. 
a couple months ago, a month or two ago, as you'll recall, because uh, my main YouTube channel had uh, age-restricted part two and maybe part three. Moot point now, but anyway, they were age-restricting it, so I thought, oh, I'll post it up on my backup channel in its entirety. And I did that, obviously, at YouTube, but at BitChute, at um, Odyssey, at uh, Archive, at Minds, and on my website. And I noted that even just the Odyssey upload alone, let alone all of those uploads together, was had more views than the upload at YouTube. So finally, it seems that that tipping point had actually been reached, where my audience on other channels was actually bigger than my YouTube audience. Maybe people are actually listening to this message. And anyway, if you are here and still listening to me now, and still able to hear my voice now, and hopefully not on YouTube, not on my backup channel, but if you're on another platform, then you have already won at least the stage of the battle. We haven't won the war, but we've won the stage of the battle if we've learned not to rely on the enemy information system for our knowledge and information. Um, so it's, uh, as I've been saying for the entirety of this COVID-1984 tyrannical situation, this is truly a separation moment that's happening and we are seeing the splitting of the ways and there are there's a certain number of people that I'm just, I've reached out as much as I could, as hard as I could for as long as I could, but those people who are never going to try to find information in any other way are going to be left by the wayside and uh, it's up to other people out there. I, you know, there's some kid out there with some TikTok account that's going to unlock a million minds by posting to whatever, Snapchat or wherever people are congregating these days. And I'm an old granddaddy on the internet at this point. I don't know. I'm not reaching out to the kids. I, I, that's not what I'm able to do at this point. I'm going to continue doing what I do. And everyone's going to do this in their own way. And they're going to find ways around the information blockades. And it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a hell of a hard fight, but it's going to be exciting finding ways to defeat the, uh, the evil empire's information uh, control operation. <laughs> so if you want to frame it in the most exciting terms possible. Anyway, um, that was just it. I just wanted to reflect on 14 years of work and how easily they can flick a switch and delete it at a moment's notice and how I, I, again, if you were in any way surprised by this, or if you thought I was joking when I said over and over and over and over and over that I was going to be banned from YouTube, it was going to happen, you're going to lose my voice. If you were in any way surprised by this, then I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to say. This is it. This is the reality of 2021. Time to, if, if you haven't yet, time to square up with that and realize what that means and do something about it. Having said all of that from my rickety old dilapidated apartment where I started all of this 14 years ago. And here I am today, continuing to do it. Still here, still talking. They haven't shut me up yet. And they're not going to easily. <laughs> so on that note, let's leave it on something positive. 399 episodes or 398 in the YouTube era. And let's see how many episodes and how many minds we can unlock in the post-YouTube era. I hope you'll be there to join me, and I hope you'll support this work, because I need your support now more than ever. And I do appreciate it. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com. There's only one way to go out. How's that? Singing!